Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked on Flyers podcast for Monday, February 14th. It's your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is wishing you all a happy Valentine's Day. Yay. Take it you are not a Valentine's Day person, Russ. I'm not. It doesn't get celebrated in my house. We kind of look at it like a Hallmark holiday. Sorry. But if if people want to enjoy, I don't don't begrudge them. Uh, I like it for the kids. That's that, That makes sense. Thanks for making Lockdown Flyers your first listen every day. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. Keep up to date on all the Flyers news and our episodes. You can also email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. On today's show, we're going to talk about Chuck Fletcher's not-so-surprise press conference that he had last week. We're going to get into that second part of the back-to-back against the Detroit Red Wings. And then it's Monday, so we will have our nemesis of the week. Lockdown Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening. So subscribe, and you'll get all of our episodes here on the Lockdown Sports Network. All right, Russ. So, you know, Chuck Fletcher announced that he was going to have a press conference or the Flyers did. And there was a little bit of surprise to it just because he had just had one. But then we learned the major reason for it is that Sean Couture is out for the season, uh, just having had a successful back surgery. Yeah, we kind of knew. Remember, I talked about Couturier skating while that first Chuck press conference was going on with Dave Scott and I said he was going as slow as I was, and I felt like that was like his going to be his last time on the ice, and mm-hmm. and it was, and and so, no surprise. I mean, we knew he got hurt early on. We didn't know what it was, and then we just didn't know anything. And and that's still what I, what I'm going to hold against this uh, management is just we were basically and the fans were basically guessing that he'd be out for the year. Ellis would be out for the year. Hayes would be out for the year because we never really got any updates of any substance. And you can't really go with HIPAA stuff because there are things you could say like, hey, while this is, we're not going to tell you the exact injury. We're telling you that this is the kind of rehab and this, they could do things without giving it away if that's really their concern. But really the, the conduit to the fans was broken and it really worked against them. Like fans are very negative now as far as all these injuries, because they think it's the training staff, they're, they're, they're looking at all these other reasons. But if they had just been updated, I think they would have felt better about it. There have been quite a number of those cases this season where there's been that lack of information that you're talking about right now. And you're right, I, I do think that trust is broken. And that, you know, if I'm on the Flyers medical staff, I'm getting very upset about my integrity being questioned at the moment. Um, No question about that. But I think that really management has put them in that position, to be Mm -hmm. honest, which isn't fair to them either. I mean, let's be real. 
So we're going to get into some more of the details about that injury stuff later in the show, which, you know, we do our nemesis of the week on Monday, so that could be connected. Stay tuned. Um, He did take the opportunity to talk about some other things, and one of them stood out to me because specifically of our conversation that we had on the show on Friday with Shane Malloy. And if you haven't listened to it, you absolutely need to go back and and do that because it really outlined a vision for what the Flyers are and what they could be and how to put a front office and a roster together to make that work. And one of the things that Shane talked about was making the business and analytics staff a lot more robust and integrating Mm -hmm. those two roles. And when Chuck Fletcher uh, talked about the two new hires that he made, uh, Catherine Yates as a hockey analyst and Cole Anderson as a lead data scientist, he actually talked about that specifically. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, I think more so with Cole about how, you know, you're looking at business at a, analytics a little bit more holistically and that these two hires will help support that. Yeah, those are good things. And you hope their backgrounds are really top notch. Uh, there have been some well, they hires. Are, no doubt. Yeah. Well, the only reason I say that is because there there have been some hires around the NHL and they've given certain titles. And then you look at it and you're like, well, they've never really done that. And so it does seem like these are two really good hires based on, you know, having the credentials. Absolutely. So, yeah, I do think that could be a step in the right direction with the Mm -hmm. additions that they've made recently to the hockey ops team. Uh, He talked a little bit more about what Danny Breer is doing right now, that he's taken a couple trips doing scouting for the trade deadline. He must have been in Colorado (laughs) because those rumors are heating up right now related to Claude Giroux. Um, We'll definitely get into some options there over the next several weeks in terms of what we would expect in return if that trade gets made. Uh, He also reiterated that they're not going to deal with the coaching situation until the offseason. Right. And now, so... As far as Danny scouting, I think it's great to have another um, set of eyes, but is he going to get caught up to the point? Like, let's just say, you know, that there's the Adrian Data article that said uh, Sample Ronto was one of the uh, players possibly involved. Is he going to go back and look at him in the USHL? Is he going to go back and look at him in college? Is he going to go back and look at him? Like, is he going to look at hours and hours and hours of stuff besides these games? Because if not, I don't think it's going to tell the whole story. And that's what you need to do before you get some of these type players. And you need to sort of see the progression. That's Isn't where that he's part bo- of your scouting department's role as well. So Danny's looking at him now. And then you integrate that with the knowledge of what your scouting department already has. You could, but it's good if the one person does that too. Because mm. how you could talk about what you're seeing now, and that's fine. But then you don't know where it came from and don't know if the step was taken that was more significant. You can just have him report what he's doing now and somebody else report on those other things and come up with a a decision that could be done. That's true. But I always feel like it's better if that one person has all that information and then goes and sees what it is now and then does the report. That's just me. No, I mean, that's a fair approach as well. Yeah, I think, you know, they're just trying to get Danny 
integrated to the team and this is the kind of work that they need done right now so that's what he's doing right but uh aside from that we'll see what kind of role he has moving forward it's it's like this you know the last thing i'll say on it it's good to have boots on the ground but a lot of time boots on the ground is still is it efficient that's what i'm looking at yeah he did uh, mention some of the prospects and, you know, what they've been up to recently, which was good to hear, honestly, mm-hmm. at least makes us know that he's paying attention. Well, I it was thought, a first, honestly. I mean, yeah, I know that's the thing is that it was a surprise to me and it was a good surprise. Uh, I like that he specifically mentioned uh, Noah Cates scoring a goal in the Olympics and Ivan Fedotov at the time had two shutouts mm-hmm. uh, for the Russian team. Uh, and uh, then, of course, Bobby Brink is a top NCAA scoring right now. And Ronnie Adderd is having an excellent season as well. Mm-hmm. So at least he knows these things and can mention them off the top of his head. But like the problem is you mentioned the most known guys. Uh, no mention of Emil Andre. No mention of Jack St. Ivany, who is going to be uh, a free agent if you don't act on that you know what I mean like it's like it's good but these are the to me the obvious good ones and so now I don't know if you're Jackson Ivany do you want to sign with the Flyers I don't know because not because you weren't mentioned I know that Chuck said it's the land of opportunity but there's only going to be so many spots to go around and you could always players agents are the ones or you know in this case because he's in college uh their advisors are always going to look at positions and opportunity and everything else. And this season, the Flyers didn't have much opportunity at all. And even late in the season, aren't affording much opportunity yet to younger players. So if you're a guy like St. Ivany, just to use as an example, uh, you know you're going straight to the AHL and you're kind of wondering, how long am I going to be down there? And that's what they're going to look at is like what they're doing now. So a lot of stuff that Mike Yo is doing now is going to basically count with some of these prospects that are on the fence. Now, the ones like, you know, Brank, he's going to sign like those guys are obvious. Now, Fedotov, you know, as an example, Chuck mentions Fedotov. Now, fans are thinking, oh, he could be the backup next year in the NHL. No, No, he can't. He has to learn how to play in North America. Yeah. I mean, we know it's Sanchez, but I'm just saying this is what fans take out of this i'm giving you like fan feedback you know and so that's where it's good that he said it but now he he needs to do another update before the end of the year and start mentioning these other guys or i feel they're going to lose some guys i mean that's a an absolutely fair point and i think that as we get closer to the end of the season we'll be looking at the prospect pool more holistically and trying to see what the flyers should prioritize Uh, We're going to get into the game against Detroit from Saturday coming up next. But first, it's that time of year where you might have given up on your New Year's resolutions, but I'm sticking to mine. And it's a lot of thanks to Built Bar for that. It almost feels like it's not a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. And have you tried their puffs? If not, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. 
Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat. And they're a fan favorite with some incredible flavors like cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, and banana cream pie. All Built Bars, including those puffs, are covered in 100% real chocolate. And if you go to Built.com, scroll down to the macros chart, you're going to be blown away. They're high protein, low calorie, high fiber, but low carb. Most Built Bars contain about 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, but have 17 grams of protein. If you compare that to a candy bar, usually has 240 calories and a ton of sugar, dozens of net carbs. They have so many delicious flavors of their regular bars, mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond. New this month is white chocolate cookies and cream, and they've got new flavors coming out all the time. They make it taste delicious first and then figure out how to make it healthy. So go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Thanks for making Lockdown Flyers your first listen every day. And make sure to check out Olympic Hockey Daily presented by Lockdown NHL. It's a bonus podcast covering all the action in Beijing. You can find it on the Lockdown NHL podcast feed. And I am part of that. So you better go over and listen. It's a lot of fun. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Russ, this game on Saturday against Detroit was, I think, incredibly frustrating because they did not play that badly. (laughs) They really Mm -hmm. didn't. There was just a couple of key mistakes, I think, where they had a defensive breakdown on that Bertuzzi goal. And then they just kind of let Dylan Larkin do Dylan Larkin things after he forced Mm -hmm. a turnover. And I think that was essentially it to a large degree. Yeah, I mean, Carter Hart played better in this game than last game. So there was improvement there. Uh, you could tell they were missing Risto. I mean, that's big. That was um, massive. Anytime you're going to put like mm-hmm. Connaughton in there and you're moving up Nick Sealer into the top four, which is something oh, I hope to never say again. <laughs> um, I mean, you knew that there was going to be some issues there, but the the biggest problem overall is you never felt like they could win that game. Or at least I never felt they could win that game no. because from the start of the game, they never matched... Detroit's speed, which is fine. Maybe they're never going to be as fast, but they they didn't match their, right. But they didn't match their energy either. But again, there's always these moments because they do have a lot of skill guys where they can come back in a game and make it close. But again, it's just like Detroit is like, you could just see Detroit is so problematic for them for a lot of different reasons because of the speed, because they have guys that work extremely hard, like Tyler Bertuzzi. And, and that's not to say no one works hard on the Flyers, but can you tell me anybody that works as hard as Tyler Bertuzzi on the Flyers? And Claude Giroux. That's it. That's it. Yeah. I will say one of the things that I thought was much improved over the previous game against Detroit is that they did much more carrying the puck than dumping the puck. Yes. And I think that helped because they were able to create chances on the rush, which is just not something you've seen a ton of recently. No, and, and you know, we've been talking for a few weeks now. Travis Sanheim has certainly picked it up in that area and mm-hmm. is certainly getting more chances now and probably feeling a little better about what his role is on the team now that he's allowed to actually play a more offensive role. Because I think some of, his, some of his problems were he was thinking too much because – he, you know, if he was trying to be too offensive, then that was an issue. And, you know, the 
again, I don't know what to say other than Keith Yandel scored his first goal as a flyer. If anybody thought <laughs> when they signed him at the beginning of the year that it would take to some point in February for him to score the first goal, like even I would have said, you're crazy. Oh, same. And the fact that it was on the power play, it just right. was like, it was chef's kiss because you're like, yes. this is what we signed you for. And it is yes. mid-February. What is happening here? Yeah, it was just, and you know, like, and you know, and, and of course on the broadcast, they're trying to keep it positive. Well, maybe he's going to start to heat up. Okay. No, I mean, sure. If it, if he does, so we can trade him and get more for him at the deadline, more power right. to him. Right. You know, it's kind of waiting for like that Jiffy Pop that doesn't pop there's that one in every like a thousand that that just wouldn't pop and that's what i would equate it to (laughs) i do think also that isaac radcliffe is he's surprising me because i didn't think he was quite there yet but i think he really is making the most of his opportunity he's not a savior for this team by any stretch but he is absolutely doing what he's being asked to do. And I think he's showing some skill. He was a great screen in front of the net for that Yandel yeah. goal. And I think that he's just really coachable, which is a good thing. And, you know, lap people tell you that all of Scott Gordon would have told you that. And I do think that if he's given a little bit more freedom to be more active offensively, he could turn into a real solid bottom sixer. Yeah, I mean, that was always going to be the plan for him. Uh, he just was sort of last year or so just not living up to it, let's say. But he always had a great wrist shot. He always had an offensive game. He always was very coachable, likable, smart. But he's just, he knows as a big guy that. There was a role for him because JVR won't go to the net. Um, Other guys go to the net and they can't do anything. Zach McEwen, one of them. So just being big and going to the net doesn't equal success, right? But he's doing that and knowing that that is what they're dying for. And so it's an easy role to fill, honestly. And, you know, you were just talking about JVR not going to the net as much and Ratcliffe potentially being a guy that could fill that role on the power play specifically I really thought that the Flyers were doing a much better job of getting at least two bodies net front when they pressure as opposed to just one Uh, they still have too much perimeter passing but at least they're trying to be more active right in front of the net and if you look at the heat chart for shots there's a giant red blob in front of the net for the Flyers and I think that's good no that is good that that is improvement there's no question about it and you're right all right. Well, we've got a, I would say, a difficult week, even though it's a light week with only the, you know, we've got the game against Pittsburgh coming up as well as a game against the Caps. So tough opponents, but not an incredibly dense schedule. No, plenty of time to practice. Exactly. And and hopefully they can keep up some of these things that they've improved on and then also pick up some of the other stuff that they're still lacking on. No question. And Football might be over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From the latest odds, totals, player performance, props, to where the next coach is fired, next coach is going, to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. 
BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. It's time for our Flyers Nemesis of the Week. And if you are newer to this program, each Monday we look at the hockey landscape, we look what's going on for the Flyers and say, who is our enemy for this upcoming week? What is bothering (laughs) us the most? It allows us to get out some of our frustrations. And I know I appreciate it. I feel like you do too as well. I do. No, no, I do. It's good to let it out. Yeah, absolutely. And last week, our nemesis was coming back to earth after the All-Star game. You know, we were on a high because Claude Giroux had such a successful weekend. Then we had to come back to earth and deal with this uh, Detroit madness. So um, this week, I think more than anything, it's injuries and Normally, I think you would say as, you know, a sports team in general, not just hockey, you can't blame anything on injuries. And that is still true. But I still think the injuries are a nemesis because it's not allowing the team to at least improve or work on things Mm -hmm. that they could improve on because they don't have the personnel to do it. Like put wins and losses out of the picture it's just not really allowing this team to develop and grow and go in a positive direction and I think you know it's worth just kind of reminding ourselves where we are with the injuries so like we talked about at the beginning of the show we have the Couturier injury out for this season Uh, Chuck Fletcher also mentioned that Kevin Hayes is 50-50 to return for the season I'm gonna guess it's more likely no at this point yeah I'm gonna say no um you know Ellis, similar situation. They're going to make a decision on surgery in the next couple of weeks, they said. Uh, Risto was out on that in the game on Saturday, so they had to put Connaughton in, like you mentioned. And then there's just so much other stuff. Uh, Derek Broussard had come back for one game and then is out again, which is a uncomfortable trend this season. Okay, stop right there. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so in that postgame, Broussard said that he was sore after the game. So he knew he wasn't 100% going into that game. Like, he knew that. Mm-hmm. And and so when I heard that post-game, I'm like, he's not playing again. He's going to go back on the, you know, on the injured list. And, and it does make you wonder why they didn't put him into at least a Phantoms game to see how he could even play. He hasn't played in a long time. And these are things now that... Remember players used to go on conditioning assignments? That would have been nice, yes. How many times has a flyer been put on a conditioning assignment this year? I'm trying to maybe remember. One? Maybe, maybe one? Maybe one player that I can think of, yeah. Maybe there's one, maybe there's two. But for all these injuries, they don't do that. They just put the player in after a practice or two. Practice doesn't tell you anything. It does not. And, you know, while Chuck Fletcher was able to 
point out to a couple of positive things like Tanner Lozinski might be mm-hmm. back in a week for the Phantoms. Tyson Forster is out for the season, but he's on a really good trajectory in terms of recovery. Mm-hmm. He's skating every day and he'll be back next season. He'll have a, a full off se- a normal off season to yes, get ready that's for next season. Yeah, super important. So both of those things are good to hear. But then at the same time, this is organizationally wide. I mean, Okay, in that game against Detroit, Konechny got hit with the puck. He did come back. But it just feels like the bad luck is compounding. Jerry Mayhew got tripped by Grice. Absolutely should have been a penalty. Went headfirst into the boards. And there was blood everywhere, and it was bad. So he was out for that game. And obviously, there's some follow-up to do with head injuries. You want to be careful. But that didn't look good. The Phantoms are also a mess. They are signing random guys from ECHL teams to fill in at this point. And they have played with three rotating centers for the last two games. Mm -hmm. We'll talk more about this tomorrow. But they have only had three centers for the last two games. And they've had uh, Cooper Zek, who's a defenseman, playing forward. Yeah, I mean, it's it's getting silly down there. But again... I think it's the whole system, the whole way it's all being done needs to be completely redone for this team. Well, and I didn't even get to mention yet that Sam Erson was re-injured in net for the Phantoms. This is his second time trying to come back and the second time he's gone back out after one game. And then in the game on Friday for the Phantoms, both Cam York and Lena Sandine were injured. I mean, this is systemic. And I I don't know what the Flyers are doing to deserve this but it's like it's not all bad luck though it's not all bad luck it's not no that's true there is some of that yes but it just it's overwhelming i think at this point yeah it's a lot i mean it, it really is but again just go back and listen to that broussard press conference i'm sure it's on air like i got uneasy i'm glad he's honest that way but man it's just like you realized, and he probably realized a few shifts into that game. Yeah, this is one. This wasn't a good idea, right? Because, like you said, you know, game pace is nothing like practice, and you can no. try and simulate it as much as you want, but it's never going to be the same thing, and you won't know till you're in the game. And then at that point, you just got to push through till the end of it, or you get hurt again, which has happened multiple times this season to Flyers. Like as an example. Kevin Hayes was never sent on a conditioning assignment. He he was the one you should have because you could never count these core injuries. I would have made sure he could play a game or two. You know, you have to do that. If you don't do that, you are asking for trouble, I believe. Well, I know that all of these injuries are certainly my nemesis right now. Mine <laughs> too. Just, it's a lot. It's a lot. And whether it's a combination of bad luck or, or bad maintenance, I think that'll remain to be seen as the rest of the season plays out and what the off season looks like in terms of, you know, we always hear at the end of the season what people's true situations are. And right. man, I, that's going to be a not, three hour press conference. I know. I know. It's going to be brutal. Well, let's try and turn things around a little bit to wrap up the show with our Flyers fun thing. And we had talked in a previous episode about Isaac Radcliffe's first NHL goal that it was originally given to Zach McEwen, so it was kind of backwards. But he did get the puck. 
that we, t- we talked about and yes. took a picture uh, and everything as you do, as is tradition. And he put on his Instagram, you know, I'll take it. I guess yeah. he's a funny caption. kid. Like he, he knows really it went is. off his pants. Like he, he handled it great. And it's just, it's a shame. Like I, it just, the sting was taken out of it because it was so long after he scored the goal where he, you know, the crowd would have actually gone a lot crazier had it been in the moment, but you know, it is what it is. It's what happens in 21st century hockey, but I'm happy for him. And some of his teammates, you know, posted on the Instagram. That's all good. Speaking of which, I think the funniest part of this whole thing was Tanner Lazinski's comment yes. on the post where he said, definitely brought it to broad. That was Which awesome. is, oh my God. I <laughs> That is legendary. Legendary. I am excited for Tanner Lazinski to be playing again so that we can get quips like yeah. that from yes. him. All right, that'll do it for today's show. We'll be back again tomorrow. We're going to talk more about the Phantoms and have our preview of the Flyers game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. Send us in your mailbag questions via Twitter at LockdownFlyers, or you can email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your next listen Locked on Bets. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Have a great day, everyone.